The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz, cloud. Ooh, big topic. Let's get started. Your finance organization may be starting to warm up a little to adopting the cloud with good reason. In addition to helping finance provide much-needed strategic advice to the business and helping facilitate operational efficiency, who doesn't want that, and regulatory compliance, who doesn't need that, the cloud offers a couple of interesting things, ease of ownership, a low-cost predictable subscription model, yes, you know what your costs are in advance, and reduced dependence on IT, woohoo, according to some people. But not so fast. Before this lukewarm reception becomes what I call an enthusiastic embrace, finance has some things to balance out on the negative column. Perhaps not always negative, but concerns. They want to figure out what's the security of their critical financial information in the cloud. What's the data integrity? These are of utmost importance to finance because that's their job. So our question is, what will it take to tip the scale decisively in favor of finance moving enthusiastically to the to the cloud and be a crowd. I have a panel of experts ready to talk on this. We're going to learn a lot, so I hope you stay tuned for the next hour. First up is Josh Greenbaum. He's a principal and founder at EAC, that's Enterprise Applications Consulting. And here's Josh's very interesting quote. He says, the office of the CFO needs to be split into, now write this down, everyone, the office of financial compliance and the office of financial financial innovation. And the reason is so we can ignore the former and stop driving financial innovation based on what a regulator thinks is innovative. I think that's even an oxymoron, regulator and innovation. Josh Greenbaum, welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. It's great to be back, Bonnie. Um, Wonderful. We missed you and glad to have you back. So this is a very pithy quote. Talk to me. You want to break it down for us? Well, you know, uh, why, why not start with a little uh, little controversy? Um, but, but I mean this, I'm very sincere about this. What, what I've found over the last literally 20 years of following the evolution of enterprise software is, you know, the office of the CFO is one of the most conservative places in the business for good reason, um, and they have an important job to do, which is compliance. But there's a tremendous amount of really fantastic, innovative, creative things you can do that fall under the rubric of finance, but that need to really we, we need to make sure that everyone in the office of the CFO knows that that doesn't mean you're not compliant. It means you get to do extra things. And I think one of the problems mm. is when people look at this issue of the cloud and innovation, they think, wait a minute, you know, I've got to close the books every quarter. I've got I to, gotta, you know, my CEO has to sign that piece of paper that won't, and not think he's going to go to jail. 
uh, for mm. for for that. So we there there's this bipolar kind of attitude. We we think innovation might be good, but but we're really focused on, you know, on the on the old the old the old tried and true compliance that we need to do. So I think I think giving giving some giving a jolt to this 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 CFO mm. bipolar problem I think is a, is a good idea because there's a tremendous amount of innovation you can do with, with the cloud and with some of the new technologies in, enabled by the cloud. Thank you, Josh. I'm thinking of a very funny line from a movie, which I, I can't name it on the air, but it just debuted with Cameron Diaz and Jason Siegel on Friday night, I believe, in most theaters around the country. has a, a, a very controversial name in some quarters, and there's a line in there that you wouldn't expect in a movie like that, and the line is, it's in the cloud. The video went to the cloud. And somebody says, what is it? And the answer comes back from Jason Siegel. We don't know. It's a mystery. <laughs> I thought, hey, that's an interesting take in a comedy movie on the cloud, but that's what people really think. So there is some unraveling to do. Thanks, Josh, for that intro. And let's turn to your co-panelist, David Dixon. He's a partner and principal at Truqua Enterprises. He's also a return guest. David is calling in all the way from Poland today. We're delighted to have him. And here's a quote from... Judy Garland, and the quote is, behind every cloud is another cloud. David Dixon, welcome. How are you? Great. Good to be back myself. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and what time is it in Poland where you're calling from, by the way? It's 6.06 p.m. right now. Okay. Not too bad. So We're getting you about, just before dinner. Yeah. So talk to me. We got two clouds here in this quote, Judy Garland, behind every cloud. She never knew it would be used in this way. This was decades ago she said this. So talk to me, David. Why this quote and what does it mean to our topic today? Well, it's interesting that we refer to it as the cloud, singular, rather than plural. There's lots of clouds out there. And because it's a bit of a mystery, as you uh, referenced in the movie quote, uh, people just yeah, don't realize that there is uh, more than one cloud to choose from, and they're proliferating, and there are clouds on top of clouds, um, and a lot of, you know, it's it just it is one big amorphous mass, I believe, in people's minds. They're not quite sure what it is, but, uh, but in reality, I think um, we're seeing, um, uh, when we say growth in cloud, it's not just one cloud. It's, it's a lot of different uh, clouds and, and, and innovations within there. And it's really trying to talk about which cloud are you talking about and how are you applying that cloud for what scenario, uh, particularly even if you're just talking about finance, you know, what, what, what finance application or area are you talking about? That's what I meant by the, uh, by the quote. Uh, my question to you, David, is, is there any particular cloud that finance is grappling with or is it this multiplicity of clouds that you think is making it even more difficult for them to openly arm, open-armed embrace it? Thoughts on that? Yeah, it's the multiplicity of it that I think uh, finance struggles with. And ironically, um, you know, they just look at it, I believe, you know, from their perspective, it's just um, an application and it's, the, you know, um, it's in their language, right? Rent versus buy, self-service, and, and all those, you know, technical, you know, uh, concepts, they really turn to their IT department to help them with. So I don't think, yeah, they, 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 they uh, aspire to really understand it um, as much as just, just, what does it mean in dollars and cents? Okay. Thank you very much, David. And let's turn to our third panelist, Neil Krefsky, Senior Director of Product Marketing for SAP Cloud. We're delighted to have you join us, Neil. And Neil has a quote from none other than Oprah Winfrey, and here it is. You are not here to shrink down to less, but to blossom into more of who you really are. Neil, welcome. How are you today? Great. Thanks for having me, Bonnie. 
Delighted. So talk to me. Interesting quote from Oprah. She doesn't get quoted too often on the show, but she has no, a lot to say, obviously. Go ahead. Yeah, you don't see um, um, Oprah on too many uh, technology quotes, but uh, when <laughs> I was asked to uh, join this and was trying to think of a fun quote that I could apply to this topic, uh, I came across this quote from Oprah, Oprah, and it really does apply to what I've been seeing in the industry, along with both the excitement and apprehension to mm-hmm. adopting uh, cloud for the finance line of business. And a lot of times, and, and even uh, Josh um, hinted upon this uh, initially, where he said, you know, there may be a trade-off between being compliant and going to the cloud, and, and that's not the case. The same thing uh, is what companies are thinking about today in terms of adopting the cloud for finance. A lot of times they think of, well, it's great to simplify, uh, you know, go to like a subscription-based model, not have IT, but they think all of that comes with a trade-off in terms of what they can do with their traditional systems. And that's really not what the cloud's all about. The cloud is really enabling companies to deliver more value in line with their corporate strategy, but doing it in a better, more efficient, and more innovative way, rather than just doing less. Okay. What do you think it's going to take? I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but what do you think it's going to take to spur finance over that line and say, yes, we're ready? Just a, I'm going to go through the panel and ask it before we get to, way before we get to the prediction segment. What's it going to take? Is there one thing that will spur the finance organization to say yes? Neil, thoughts on that quickly? Um, I think it's going to be an evolution. I think finance departments are very conservative in nature. And as they see adoption uptick, that will uptick. But it's like, who's going to dip their feet into the water? And a lot of that, is, you know, and a lot of that has to do with availability, really what's out there. You know, until recently, there really isn't a lot of availability out there for complex, larger enterprises to really look at this holistically in the cloud. Thank you. Good point. Is it going to be a crowd peer-to-peer pressure thing? Josh Greenbaum, thoughts on what I just asked, Neil? Well, you know, I think there's some some hope in looking what's happening in the in, in the small and medium sized business market mm-hmm. and in what even you know global large global corporations are doing with subsidiary operations, where they are moving much more nimbly into the cloud uh, for for very good reasons: accessibility, cost, technology, uh, la- lack of good IT back office staff, and some of these more uh, emerging economies and and that's 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 a good proving ground for some of these concepts mm-hmm. uh, obviously you're going to need to you know think about scale and complexity but I like what I see when I look at SME uh, uptake of cloud and say yeah we could you know we can we can sort of grow up from there into thinking about running a global corporation in the cloud Thank you, Josh. Good. I'm just trying to get a little deeper in our topic before we go to my big question of the day. You know what that is. But first, David Dixon in Poland, what do you think? What's going to be that one thing? Is there one critical point of information that's going to spur finance to cross that line over to cloud? Thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with the uh, comments of, of uh, you know prior, which is simply it, it's just a, a tipping point and it's an adoption. You know, it's an adoption thing, and as more people adopt and get their feet wet in it, uh, I think there'll be a comfort and trust level. But really, I, I think it's IT that needs convincing, because I think finance will just turn to their IT organization and say, is it, is it trustworthy? Is it safe? Is it secure? Um, because they're not going to mm-hmm. understand it, and they're just going to turn to their, uh, their colleagues in IT to, to give them the green light. 
Good. Thank you. Guess what? It's time for that critical question here. Coffee break time. Josh Greenbaum, what's in your cup today, or what do you think you're going to be drinking after the show? <laughs> well, first of all, you have to, I have to tell you what cup it is. It's a oh. white <laughs> memorial coffee break with Game Changers with your host, oh, Graham Cup, sitting on my desk. That is, that is a shameless plug, but it happens to be true. And <laughs> in it is, <laughs> is Starbucks Via Instant Italian Roast coffee, which is actually a pretty darn good instant, and I've got three cubes of brown cane sugar, French brown cane sugar, La Perruche, uh, which adds a really sinful kind of flavor to it. Oh, I love sinful coffee in an SAP Game Changers mug that has my name on it. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. We're going to be ordering more mugs soon, so David will get one and he'll get one too. Uh, David Dixon, what are you drinking in Poland around 6 o'clock p.m. that time? What's going on there? Yeah, I'm a coffee addict and I'm having jet lag. So it's uh, uh, in Poland they have this thing they call here a latte macchiato. That's a bit milkier than what I'm uh, than, than a normal latte from from what I get in the U.S. And and there there are all kinds of coffee shops up and down here in Old Town. So my favorite spot is a place called Coffee Heaven. Uh, you know, right mm-hmm. off uh, the street, and it's, uh, it has nice uh, you know nice outdoor seating. And I'm not there now, but uh, I'm, I'm uh, actually at a Hilton just down the street. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, it's really delicious coffee here and, and a nice ambiance. Glad that's what coffee houses are all about. Neil Krefsky, what's in your cup? Well, interestingly enough, today is my first day back from a wonderful two week vacation on the West coast. And so I'm a little jet lagged. <laughs> and so I'm drinking a pretty strong latte, but, uh, interestingly on my vacation, when I was at a local Starbucks, that was actually where I pulled my Oprah Winfrey quote. And um, maybe I ah. should unplug a little bit more on vacation, but it couldn't help me with thinking about the show. Well, that's very interesting. I'm glad Starbucks inspired you. That's wonderful. <laughs> and I'm trying to make coffee, but I was telling Josh off air, my, my machine that's red and beautiful and starts with a K and ends with a G and it's a one cupper just isn't working anymore. I'm going to have to take it back to Macy's. What can I say? Guess what? Our topic today is very important. Is finance ready for the cloud? We're going to be finding out a lot more insights from Josh Greenbaum at EAC, David Dixon at Truqua Enterprises, Neil Krefsky at S. SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I have a word of advice for all of you. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be back in about 90 seconds, so go pour a cup of something and come back. We've got a lot more to talk about. We'll be right back. Brad out. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now. According to IDC, by 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com 
stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. Here we are. Very important topic today. Is finance ready for the cloud? Some say maybe, some say not so much, some say they're warming up. What will it take to spur them across that line? Peer pressure, knowledge, secure in the, in the knowledge and comfort that their data is going to be okay up there somewhere. We have a lot to talk about. Our panelists today are Josh Greenbaum at EAC, that's Enterprise Applications Consulting, David Dixon at TrueQua, that's T-R-U-Q-U-A, in case you're wondering, Enterprises, and Neil Krefsky at SAP, you know how to spell that. Josh Greenbaum, let's start off. We're going to do a 30-minute roundtable, no stopping. I know the three of you are up to it. Let's start off with some notes you sent me before the show, Josh, a little controversial as always. You say the cloud supports an unprecedented degree of connectivity in the enterprise between people, things in quotes, and I know why, and documents that will create a vastly different kind of financial analysis and modeling than we're used to today. Let me stop there and have you expand on that. Go ahead, Josh. Well, you know, when, when we think about how finance has been traditionally organized, it has a very, you know, it's again, this is a one of the oldest professions around, uh, there's maybe a few <laughs> olders, but uh, certainly, certainly set up uh, based on a very, very, you know, very cut and dry uh, set of documents, in, you know, the classics that we all know about and processes and transactions. Meanwhile, you know, what we do in the cloud with, with the cloud's ability to connect many to many in uh, clouds, to, as we talked about, clouds of clouds that have a tremendous amount of information coming in from endpoints that were never even conceived of when, when, you know, when most of the CFOs alive today started, you know, started their careers. We're able to have a, a degree of, of analytical uh, monitoring control over the business that, that's completely, completely different than, than, than anything we've ever seen before. We could, you know, we were really able to, for instance, sit inside of a, um, an engineering team and, and look at how we design products and understand how those product designs based on a real demand curve are going to impact the bottom line this year, next year. We can do the kind of predictive analysis with some of these, these fantastic analytical tools now available in the cloud and on-premise that really let us change how we look at what is the, what is the role of finance? How extensive can the, can the financial operations be understood and managed? What can we do really uniquely different about <clears throat> predicting the path that a company is going to take financially and obviously operationally uh, based on, on the kind of information we have? So this, this huge quantity of information, this huge 
amount of connectivity we have really changes what we can do. Very, and I'll give a very quick example. In Please. the old days of supply chain management, three guys with PhDs in operations research were the only ones who touched SCM. SCM expanded broadly so that now in the call center, you sit there and you look into the SCM module because you want to be able to tell the customer where that product is. In the service center, you're looking into SCM because you need to know where the parts are. SCM went from three men or women with PhDs to everybody in the company can touch the system. Finance will do the same thing, and that's one of the things the cloud will bring to us. Big. I, that's something you mentioned right in the start of your comments, Josh, that, that piqued my interest. You mentioned something about uh, back in the day when most of the CFOs were starting their careers. Are you saying something about the pedigrees, the longevity, the who is really the running the CFO office today? Are they, I hate to say this, Josh, stuck in another era? Are they reluctant to change and grow and move on? Are they uh, technology averse? I'm being controversial. Talk to me, and then we'll, we will, of course, ask David and Neil to chime in. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, the answer, I, I would say, is yes to all of that. They, they're, a little, you know, they're, they're a little stuck in their ways. They're a little technology-averse. We've already agreed, right? This is one of the most conservative lines of business in the industry. For the, this is their formation. This is what they were taught to be. You can't, you know, you can't exceed I'm sorry, you can't succeed as a CFO if you're wild and crazy, right? That's not the mm. model we're looking for. So I think conservative and cautious is, is part of the mindset. But also, again, you know, that really we spend a lot of time in the, in, the, in the CFO world refining these well-known processes that, that have always been the bread and butter of the business. And I think that, that, ref, that sort of strive to refine the past is, is really what drives a lot of thinking today. And it's, it, we, we need to shake that up a little. Thank you, Josh. No, we don't want wild and crazy. We just want a little adventuresome, and we want uh, open to new opportunities that the cloud may offer. Let's turn to David Dixon. David, comments. We've covered a lot of territory here with Josh. Why don't you chime in, please? Yeah, no, I mean, and going back to the, I guess, the last question, I would I would uh, tend to agree that um, you know, the Office of Finance is, is, is very focused on, like, uh, I guess, being uh, around governance and control of the enterprise, while everyone – running around having different ideas. It's office of finance that has to temper everything with, uh, you know, basically regulatory compliance and whether it's going to contribute to the bottom line. And therefore, it takes a rather unimaginative role. But I think a lot of this cloud talk that we're talking about is, is abstracted away from the office of finance. They don't get into that detail. They just, see the, they just want the results and the financial results, which I think is what makes it so attractive. And there's economic drivers of it that the finance organization understands. Economies of scale, specialization. I mean, we've already seen large-scale business process outsourcing and reorganization, dramatic changes in organization, moving things outside the walls of the enterprise. So what's, you know, cloud, how's that, you know, any different? It's just really all about, you know, all the, uh, uh, I guess, scare and, and fear and uncertainty and doubt around security and, and uh, you know, what does that mean? And, then of course, that, that, that causes uh, uh, anyone that doesn't understand it. Uh, a healthy sweat on the brow. So I, I, mm -hmm. I do think um, that, you know, cloud's a little bit different in the sense that it is hidden, and, it's, and as long as someone's selling, telling, you know, finance it's okay, um, I think they'll go for it as long as it contributes to the bottom line, which it does, because I think a lot of the vendors are taking on the risk. Uh, a lot of investors are funding, you know, a lot of these cloud startups, and these things, they are taking on all the risk. The customer's benefiting right now. Uh, the only risk that, you know, the customer is taking is that I think a lot of these cloud providers We'll definitely, you know, we'll go away in the future with, you know, mm. industry consolidation. Um, and so we, as we see proliferation, we'll see consolidation. 
So I think um, at the end of the day, uh, I think finance is ready as long as um, somebody tells them it's, it's safe. And that's we're going to come back to that when I introduce one of your talking points as our next conversation thread, David. So don't veer too far away from that. Neil Krefsky, want to hear what you have to say. You can pick on anything we've been talking about or all of the above. I, I'm especially interested in what you think about Josh's statement that the, the CFOs are of a certain age or certain mindset from past experiences and may not be so eager to jump through that hoop. What do you think? Yeah, I was actually, you know, thinking about that when he mentioned it, and it, mm-hmm. it even goes back to a point David made that, you know, the, the CFO is going to be okay with something if IT tells them it's okay. I mean, frankly, you know, especially, um, you know, uh, uh, CFOs that have been in place a lot longer in their position don't care whether a product or a capability is in the cloud or not. They're not going to give up the ability to do their job effectively. So they need to see the robustness uh, to be able to do their job better, get more information quicker, be able to be a strategic partner to the rest of the business uh, much better, whether that comes in the cloud or on-premise or anything else, they don't care. So, you know, they're not interested in trading off a subscription-based model or, or something that's out in the cloud for robustness and capability to do their job. Mm. If you can give them that ability to do it better, you know, they don't care if it's in the cloud or anything else. And if cloud solutions deliver that and uh, the office of the CIO tells them, hey, there's a lot of other benefits to this around efficiency, cost savings, IT resources, all the better for the CFO. Interesting. So would you agree with Josh Greenbaum's opening quote about the office of the CFO needs to split into financial compliance and financial innovation? Are you are you in agreement with that, Neil? Does that sound like a good idea? Absolutely. Um, you know, when thinking about innovating um, for the finance line of business, it's just like any other line of business. You know, you innovate to improve your business. You don't really innovate to be more compliant. Uh, compliancy is a necessary evil, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a check-the-box thing. You know, in general, you know, filling out a compliancy form or passing an audit uh, in general is not going to grow the business other than maybe to um, have your customer base feel that you're a more credible organization. But growth comes through innovating your business processes and how you take either your products or services, depending upon what business you're in, to the market, um, you know. And so innovation needs to come around operations, not necessarily compliance. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. And I want to know if we have anything else to talk about on this thread because I'm ready to turn to David Dixon and talk about uh, a topic we touched on just a little bit. Josh, you, you good for this well, one? You know, I, I, yes, you know me. I can't help but jump in. I, mean, I, think, I, I think wish you of, would. <laughs> one of the things we can't we, – we need to, I think – Keep keep an eye on is we're really talking about two kinds of clouds and I and I tend to actually just talk about you know cloud or SaaS 1.0 and then cloud or SaaS 2.0. 1.0 really was about cost savings, about moving you know moving from capital to operations, moving you know the kind of business process outsourcing outsourcing efficiencies we've always had in things like payroll, right? Who does their own payroll? Extending to other parts of the business. I think that that's a very cut and dry, it should be a cut and dry 
you know, financial and operational decision. Are we getting as good or better service? Is it costing us less? Uh, is it is it more efficient? Let's go with that. The, the cloud 2.0 really is about what do we, how do we do unique, uh, unusual, interesting things we could never do before that really push the needle for the business. Um, and and I just want to add, you know, there is a way to do compliance more efficiently. For instance, in the cloud, right? If you are if com, if compliance, it, you know, if you're in a regulated industry uh, or you're trying to be tax compliant in 130 countries. Right, the cloud offers a, a, this many-to-many connectivity, which allows you to not <laughs> to essentially, as a service, understand the latest tax change, law changes in Brazil or or Russia, our favorite picking <laughs> favorite countries to pick on in terms of compliance issues, and say, yeah, we, we we've got we've got this many-to-many service. We don't have to own that knowledge. We can rent it. We can buy it. It's part of what we do. We can be more compliant, or at least more agile in our compliance. Um, because we, we have this cloud-based compliance service. So there's things you can do. But I think very, it's very important to say that cloud is one that really, let's be more efficient, let's be more effective with what we've got. Cloud 2.0, let's, let's push the boundaries. Let's do something we didn't do before that, 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 that moves the needle for the business. And we're still trying to get the CFOs to talk about Cloud One. Now, let's go to David Dixon. Thank you, Josh. I always count on you for that. David Dixon, we touched a little bit on this topic, but I'd like to go a little deeper. You say, ironically, while the finance organization is trying to reduce its dependence on IT, they're still reliant on IT to evaluate the technical risks associated with what we're talking about today, moving to the cloud. So is this an apron string kind of a thing that's going to go on forever, or are they going to be able to say, okay, you proved it to us now, we don't need you anymore. What are your thoughts, David Dixon? Yeah, I, I, there's this, this irony uh, of this, uh, we call it, you know, the business and IT gap, and it's not uh, mm-hmm. uh, just finance, but, uh, you know, IT uh, is always, uh, uh, you know, in almost every environment I've been in, struggling to, uh, you know, redefine its relationship with the business with every technological innovation in cloud is one of them where I think the popularity of the cloud is also, as we mentioned, is, is autonomy and the ability to just wipe their own credit card with their own budget and just go off and, and not have to call upon IT and just rely on the cloud vendor to provide an application. If the, the you know, uh, as we're, if we're defining cloud, cloud is more than just an infrastructure. Cloud is just an application. So there are uh, financial planning and analysis applications available on the cloud. And if, if FP&A wants to just, yeah, go off and, and get off the spreadsheet and use something web-based in the cloud and swipe a credit card, they're, they're empowered to do that uh, because, you know, because of this technological innovation. And, and, but the irony of all of it is that uh, when they want their data and they want to start to tick and tie, there's a lots of data all around the enterprise. And they don't know where to go to get it or how to tie it together or drill back or drill through to, to reconcile their, their information. And then they're back to talking with IT. Hey, how do I pull all this information? And can I just you know, throw it in the cloud? And what does that do for security and privacy? And so there's this um, uh, uh, it just changes the nature of the conversation, but I don't think, uh, you know, the IT function is going away anytime soon because of the, the cloud. I think it gets redefined. And, uh, uh, and, and, and the irony is, and this leads into, you know, integ- how do you integrate with the cloud? If, if, you've, if you've already got, you know, a cloud-based application that's sitting out there at its own little, you know, island, how do you integrate it with the rest of your legacy applications and all your other uh, systems and, and books of record? And that becomes a whole new challenge for the cloud, and that, that, that's really important. It's an imperative to integrate, uh, uh, and you need IT to help solve.
solve those problems. And there's all kinds of cloud-based solutions there, platform as a service and, and whatnot to help you connect your on-premise systems with your with your cloud-based systems. And so we're, there, this, this whole industry is you know, ripe for more innovation and more growth. And there's a lot of problems actually still to be solved. Um, and I do think you know, smaller, you know, isolated cloud-based applications have a place and a home, and there'll be adoption. But there is still going to be a lot of uh, challenges that IT is needed to help guide the finance organization through their decisions. I can hear a collective sigh of whew, from our audience. Anybody in IT saying, "Thank God they said that." Yes, we still want our jobs. Neil Krefsky, thoughts? Please join in. Yeah, actually, I think it's the contrary. I think. IT will be relied upon more for um, evaluating innovation, and that's a good thing because, you know, know, typically it may be IT pushing innovation to the finance office, but um, as, you know, adoption upticks and finance departments see the benefits they can get through innovating their business processes within the cloud, they'll be more open to innovation and actually be reaching out to IT to say, hey, you know, what else can we do? Where I see, you know, the, the, the paradigm shift is relying on IT to execute on this innovation, meaning, for example, I, I forget if it was David or Josh who mentioned, um, like, they don't know where to go to get data. Well, now with how um, cloud solutions and in-memory analytics are, are being deployed in one place, you know, the, the finance department uh, can take more ownership in creating new analytics and new reports and getting down to the information versus every time it being an ad hoc IT request, very tactical request. So I, I see the relationship between finance and, and IT increasing, but really more around, you know, what else can we do now versus, hey, get me uh, this report or, hey, uh, I need this type of approval workflow, very tactical-based um, um, processes. Thank you. Josh, thoughts? Yes. <laughs> yes to everyone. Yes, yes um, thoughts. Okay, we no, established that. What are they? <laughs> no, and I think, I think look, first of all, to me, IT, IT has, has absolutely, you know, a perpetual raison d'etre in the fact that security and privacy are, are the number one problems facing systems of all kinds on premise in the cloud i just had my identity stolen two weeks ago and whoever whoever did it got a lot of information from me and as we have probably just you know figured out um you know from this conversation those were financial systems that most likely weren't in the cloud they were on-premise systems that the identity information was taken from um the the cyber threat the alleged cyber threat from the cloud is is nothing compared to the existing cyber threat on premise, and that just that only grows with the kind of complexity I was talking about. Once we, you know, we start mm-hmm. connecting the Internet of Things we, uh, to our financial systems, when we start building these business networks, um, where, you know, in a given industry, you're going to be doing, you know, the next generation EDI through a through an, a public internet business network. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know what happens there? What, how, could we mm-hmm. hack? You know, could we start hacking each other's financial systems? Um, oh, we so hope I, not. God, yes, God help us when that happens, but it yeah. will happen. Um, and um, 
IT's got a role there that, that just will never go away. Um, I, I agree with, I think it was Neil, Neil just said, you know, we're not going to go to IT necessarily and say, give us this new report. A lot of the next generation cloud finance apps are very focused on self-service, very focused on, on making it easy for the customer to have that consumer-like experience and do it themselves. But, but boy, we, and we need IT to do that, that, that hard work. I don't want the Office of the Finance to be the security experts because security is an enterprise-wide problem, not just the financial problem. Thank you, Josh. You want to you uh, in a position to share with us a little about how you think you got your identity stolen? Any any clues? Was it a place? Was it a vendor? Anything you want to do a, a public alert right now, or would you rather not? <laughs> um, my public alert is get get a uh, service like Experian Triple Alert. Put a fraud alert on it. Make sure that no one can open up an account under your name without calling your personal cell phone for approval, and you'll sleep easy. Um, the answer, oh, wow. Bonnie, is that the, the quantity of information was so vast, according to the, these credit card companies I was talking to, that it had to come from multiple sources. It wasn't wow. just social, mother's maiden name and address. It was more than that. And that, that stuff isn't, doesn't exist in one place. You've got to pull it together and, 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 and make a... <clears throat> So, yeah, it's, it's, it's complicated, <laughs> and it comes it from Somebody, everywhere. Somebody was working very hard. I tried to buy a, a, a new Apple iMac 27 in the Apple store about three weeks ago, Josh. That was you? And doing my- that was me, honey, and my credit card was declined, <laughs> and I was really, really upset, and it was embarrassing, and I, I only carry one MasterCard, and that's all I do. And I had to call uh, Chase, and I said, what's going on? And they said, you never spend this kind of money in one shot. We're protecting you. Who are you? I said, I'm Bonnie. They said, prove it. I did. And they said, okay, tell the guy to put the transaction through right now. We'll let it go through. But in, in the future, they said, call us in advance when you're going to spend a couple grand at one plop, and we will approve it in advance. It was like getting approval from your insurance company to go to the hospital, you know, pre-approval. So now Chase is saying, we're going to make it a little inconvenient for you because we're trying to protect you. What do you think, Josh? Is that a good thing? Um, I, I think I think the cl- <laughs> let's go back to our topic. The cloud <laughs> promises our ability to do the analytical, <laughs> predictive algorithms up front to know that Bonnie needs a new computer this week, and oh. not harass you when you go to the store. And I'm only being a little facetious when I say that. My, I know you, know you are. I know but, you are. <laughs> but but seriously, that is we also should be able to make that much more automated. Um, yeah. A computer should be an outlier, but a few thousand dollars shouldn't be really. That that should be something normal. That tells you yeah, how little I, I spend. <laughs> Go ahead, Neil. Go ahead. Yeah, that was David. I just wanted to jump oh, hi, in David. on that and just simply yeah. say that, yeah, no, whether it's manual or it's the cloud or technology or, yes, predictive analytics for fraud detection, it's, it's all about defining controls and processes that, that, that um, you know, reduce risk, right? And mm-hmm. you can, and, and to, you know, uh, 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 to Josh's point, you could have terrible on-premise policies that aren't getting executed that open all kinds of security risks, right? Uh, uh, and because no one's really, you know, watching or enforcing it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the same thing goes for the cloud. I mean, and, and the thing about the cloud, though, is that, you know, the Amazon, you know, Amazon's livelihood is about protecting all that information and the data. They have a high degree of specialization and resources that they can throw at that. And, and in fact, in some cases, you know, the cloud could ultimately become more secure than than, uh, than than you know traditional forms of, of security. Think, it really I think uh, that's, is a that's race. That's a good here, thing. You know, to mm-hmm. uh, it's a te- it's a race going on here on on people, process, and technology to 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 
you know, to, to address these concerns, right? And, and it's not that, and these concerns are real and they're being addressed, right? And, and, and there are conversations going on and there are, uh, yeah, improvements being made. So I do think, um, and similarly, going back to the earlier thread, I, I also think IT's role needs to maybe be thought of split, split into two. You know, one is innovation and one is, you know, maintenance, right? So, so IT mm-hmm. has to stop, you know, if, if, IT's, if IT is just janitorial services to the rest of the enterprises, just keeping systems up and lights on, you know, on, on all these IT systems, then, yeah, they will be displaced. That role will be displaced by the cloud uh, over time because that's what the, the value proposition of cloud 1.0 is about. Right is, is is giving it to someone more specialized that can do it for cheaper and that can do it, um, you know, for rental costs. Uh, and uh, uh, so that is probably where the shift is going to be. And then, yeah, going back to Neil's point, you know, if IT starts to become more of a partner, a strategic partner to the rest of the organization, then I think we'll see, um, yeah, the, the value of cloud. You know, uh, uh, by doing new forms of things that aren't possible without it. So to going back to Josh's point. Uh, more and more SEC, SEC disclosure requirements. You know, the stock market doesn't like being surprised by, you know, uh, 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 you know uncertain events. If the enterprise knows that they're going to take a financial hit on something and there's a risk, they need to disclose that to market. And they could have, uh, you know, with, through the cloud, things like uh, um, uh, outside events, right, and, and government changes or even weather. You talk to any beverage company, and weather has a big impact on their sales over a year. You know, if it's a hot summer, it's gonna they're gonna do better than if it's if it's if it's not. So uh, I think all of this stuff is, and you see, it's getting woven into SEC disclosures of things like uh, weather, you know, hail damage and and that impact on there or industrial output. These you know these are outside metrics that governments you know provide out and through the cloud that can be used for for analytics and reporting out by finance. So I think this this is the the cloud two that Josh uh, refers to. Thank you, David. And guess what? We've got about, oh, six, seven minutes until break. I want to cover another area. I'm not sure if we covered it in depth enough, but I'd like to talk to Neil Krefsky at SAP. Neil, I'm going to read one of your talking points. I'd like you to dive in. This is more about the functionality that cloud needs to give to the CFO. You say the reason cloud has not been more widely adopted at the corporate level for large enterprises, not SMEs, but large, you say these companies still expect the same level of breadth and functionality across the entire finance area. They need more than a GL. They need treasury. They need GRC. They need travel management. They need analytics. So what's the status? How are we doing with that, Neil? Sure. And um, it kind of goes back to, um, I think David made the point of 1.0 and and 2.0. And, Mm -hmm. you know, cloud 1.0 is uh, a great... uh, kind of starting point or business plan for a smaller enterprise, which is why you see, uh, I would say, the SME market has a pretty wide adoption in the cloud for um, finance solutions because for them it's really about um, acting like a larger company on a smaller budget uh, and, and with less resources. So that goes to the whole cost savings, you know, no maintenance and, and things of that nature and where they adopt uh, best practices uh, for like the core type uh, uh, processes for a core financial solution, but you know larger enterprises that you know that they have vast resources and um, they th- there is a, a, an appetite for adoption at that level on a micro basis where they may dip their foot in the water for 
a planning solution in the cloud or possibly a treasury solution in the cloud. Or there's a whole lot of different things that make up an entire um, uh, foundation a financial solution to support a financial department. It's not just a general ledger. And when you have to go to a lot of different vendors to adopt in the cloud for each one of these things, there's very few one-stop shops to adopt in the cloud for an entire foundation for financial solutions. I'm not just talking about general ledger. So when solution providers... um, for example, like SAP, can start delivering everything they deliver to their customers for a financial foundation across treasury, across travel, across core um, financials like general ledger and fixed assets. That's when you're going to see these um, larger enterprises really deploy more holistically versus maybe at, at some strategic subsidiary levels. Can I, can I jump you. in with a with Yeah, an please. I was going to ask you, Josh. Cause, Go ahead. Cause it, it's a great point. I, you know, I, I went to a conference, um, no names here cause, uh, to protect the guilty, uh, and, and a CFO <laughs> of a very well-known uh, Internet-based software-as-a-service company that everyone, everyone listens to from time to time uh, instead of listening to the radio, gets up there Aww. and says, we have a complete cloud back office. And he listed, I think it was nine separate cloud apps that were running their, this company, and they are, they're completely cloud. And I looked at this list, and I went, wow, nine silos in the cloud. Congratulations. The future has come right up against the past again. And in, tr- in truth, this is what was going on at this company. They now had created nine silos in the cloud because what they wanted was these nine, these nine silos were, to, for the sake of argument, this kind of broad-based, full fully functional back office that, that they needed that they would have gotten in the old days from an on-premise vendor like, like SAP circa, you know, 2005, bam, they would have installed it and run it all on-premise. Now they want to run in the cloud, but now they had to create nine silos, and suddenly it became very office to this individual who no longer has the job of CIO there uh, that, mm-hmm. whoops, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> we didn't integrate, right? And now we've got nine silos, and it is a complicated process because they were not designed necessarily to integrate with one another. So there is, I think that those stories, unfortunately, do a lot of damage back in our, you know, our conservative, uh, compliance-friendly, uh, you know, office of the CFO where they go, well, why would I do that? That the cloud, that's not going to give me an advantage. That's going to be, a, that's going to make my life more miserable. I'm, I'll be more dependent. Mm-hmm. On, on the CIO, so I think I think there's a lot of tricks there to how do how do you how do you make that work for the CFO in the right way. Great point, David Dixon. I want you to comment on that because I know you have some interest in integration versus self-service imperatives within the enterprise. Just a, a, give me a minute of summary, David, before we go to break. Please go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, this just hits the, at the heart of it. I think there's been whether it's cloud or not, there's been this endless cycle of. Simplicity versus complexity, and when I say simplicity, the need for usable solutions and self-service of the business, combine that against the complexity of integrating across all these different applications, and it's continually at odd. And now cloud is at the next, you know, the next level, at the, you know, at the frontier of this dichotomy and, 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 and these two thick forces at odds with each other of, of integration, complexity versus uh, user self-service uh, simplicity. Thank you very much. Guess what? 
three of you have been working very hard. I'm going to give you a break, but just 90 seconds, so don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to find out what the three of you think will happen. Let's push forward to 2020. It's my favorite year now, Josh, because we all know hindsight is supposed to be 2020, and it's only six years away. Woohoo! So I'm going to ask the three of you, will finance really be ready? And we can address it from the SME side, from the large enterprise side, whatever aspect you want, what will happen in finance and the cloud in 2020. That's our crystal ball predictions round coming up. Don't even think of touching, oh, you know the drill, that mouse, that app, that dial. Let's take a break. Brad, out. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now. According to IDC, by 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com the market's up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. We are. We're back, and it's time for the crystal ball predictions round. We're going to kick it off with Josh Greenbaum at EAC. I think Josh is always thinking about the future. And, Josh, can you look ahead, polish off that crystal ball to 2020? What do you say? Uh, I'll be retired, and I won't be thinking about any of this anymore. So that's my basic uh, line. Um, well, I'm no, glad we got you before you retired, my friend. Go ahead and speak now. I, Bonnie, I, you know I have young children. I'll never retire until, uh, yes. But, but, and, and speaking of children, I think, I think it's a really – what I think of in the future, it's, we're going to look at cloud the way we look at mobile today. I think all of us know people who no longer have a land landline. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, ch- kids growing up like mine who – who really don't, it's not even a phone anymore, it's, it's this connected device that, that, that takes them everywhere they want to go in the virtual world. And I think cloud, the word cloud will, will kind of go away. Now, now, practically, we'll still have hybrid clouds. I really believe that we're going to, I actually hope we'll have this bifurcation of the CFO's office that I discussed in the beginning. There will be the, the, you know, the, the, the old school compliance 
oriented side, that will probably be a managed service. I would like to think it would be. I think that's, you know, like payroll. We're just not going to do that anymore in-house. But I think this innovation thing we've been talking about is really going to be there, and the CFO is going to be the innovator and really spreading that information and those, those analytics and transactions throughout the company and, and beyond so that really the office of CFO suddenly touches everybody in the business in a positive way, uh, the way my example of supply chain management starts to touch everyone in the business when it gets, gets to its next level. So the CFO will be the innovator. Did you really say that, Josh? I would like to think so. I hope so. Um, How close I think, are I we? Like it's said, only. How about you know? It'll be a co-CFO. The co-CFO will will you know one one will be the boring one, and one the other one will be you know the other <laughs> one will, will show up in dark siders and and wear sunglasses and look cool. Will the sunglasses replace the green sh- eye shade and the, the little green <laughs> exactly. lamp? I don't know. I'm, I'm stuck somewhere in a far-off far place. Thank you very much, Josh, for your predictions. David Dixon at Truqua Enterprises, currently in Poland, calling in from a hotel. You're such a brave soul. David, what do you see six years ahead? Can you predict that far out, David? Sure. I think we're going to see a big game of musical chairs being played out where we're going to see a lot of uh, clouds and a lot of competition among different vendors. But ultimately, the ones that are going to be sitting at the end of the game are going to be the ones with uh, market share and deep pockets. And I think, ironically, that will be the tipping point for finance to adopt the cloud. I think once all this stuff starts to play out and things start to stabilize and it starts to mature and we see that consolidation, I think then uh, the, the office of the CFO will be uh, willing to yeah, move into the cloud with, uh, with trusted uh, you know, brand names. Thank you very much. And, Neil, we're going to have time for a bonus question. You guys are so succinct and concise and terse. What can I tell you? Neil Krefsky, what do you see six years out? Give me a nice long answer here. Sure. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I think finance is ready now to adopt cloud. I, I, I think what the market is providing them is not um, – you know, in general, not not sufficient for what they're willing to adopt. Um, and so what I see six years out is finance organizations pushing uh, the market and software vendors and innovators to deliver them that one-stop shop for their entire um, financial landscape um, foundation. You know, again, not just a general ledger because, We've seen in the past, yes, finance is a very conservative office. I'm a CPA myself, um, conservative in nature, but um, they've adopted solutions that help them do things better. We've seen finance adopt a whole new wave of governance, risk, and compliance solutions, especially when Sarbanes-Oxley came out. Um, We've seen finance offices adopt um, forecasting and, and planning solution as they came to the market and delivered more capabilities. The, the issue with larger enterprises is, um, and we've touched upon this in some previous conversations, is it's being delivered in the cloud piecemeal. You may have a treasury capability in the cloud with this one particular niche provider. You may have a travel solution with another niche provider. You may have the core um, um, ERP and GL components with another niche provider. So to really have a full foundation in the cloud to support your financial operations, um, it, it's like, again, going back to the future. You're just piecing together all of these different cloud models, making it uh, really 
taking away for what cloud's trying to provide, really doing things in a better, more efficient, more innovative way. And so what I see in six years are a few players leading the market, delivering that one-stop capability that doesn't take away um, capability across the entire landscape for um, uh, a financial uh, department, but really allows them to protect their on-premise investments, just doing it in a better, more innovative and efficient way uh, in the cloud. Thank you very much, Neil Krefsky. We have uh, about a minute and a half left. I'm going to give a quick bonus round, quick question, and I need just a three- or four-word answer. Josh Greenbaum, you're up first. You predict office of the CFO needs to, you know, predict maybe you're mandating it, into the office of financial compliance and the office of financial innovation. Okay, so the CFO who's been in, in the business for so long from back in the day, will he be or she be part of those two offices, or will it require somebody new who... Uh, who will you recruit for those financial compliance and financial innovation office? Josh, quickly, and then I'll ask David and Neil. Go ahead. Honestly, I think for, for innovation, I would want someone from the technology side, someone uh, mm-hmm. with a, a, a minimum of gray hair and a lot of crazy ideas. Um, I think they need to be <laughs> counterbalanced by the, 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 the adult supervision from the compliance side, but I think, I think you need a little <laughs> bit of fresh, uh, fresh blood in there. Gray hair, crazy ideas, and super, adult supervision. I love it. I, I'm picturing it already. David Dixon, agree, disagree? I can give you 10 seconds. Yes or no? Go. I think uh, I, I agree with the, the split and the dichotomy, but I think, yeah, it, it may be similar to that. The, the, the innovators have got to be a hybrid, and it might be part of, you know, personality type as well as educational background and industry background. Um, but it, it's a hybrid role versus the traditional compliance role. Thank you. Neil Krefsky, quick, I can give you five seconds. Go. I definitely think it's a hybrid. Um, CFOs need to be involved in both. That's not going to change, but they need to staff up um, to help on the innovation side and how they can operate better. Thank you very much. I've got 30 seconds left. I'm going to speed talk through the end of it. Thank you, Josh Greenbaum at EAC. Thank you, David Dixon, calling all the way from Poland from Truqua and Neil Krefsky from SAP. Shout out to Chris Grundy, Aaron Hughes, Birgit Starmans, Henner Schliebs at SAP. Mike Montalban is my hero. He jumped in at the last minute. He's been tweeting his little tootsies off for the past hour. Great tweets capturing words of wisdom and Brad and our business channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Tomorrow I'll be back with Coffee Break with Game Changers. You know the drill. Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific. And let's see. Uh, let's see. It's time for my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. I certainly will. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, here on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week.